So we need a miracle for you. A car. You have to get to work. Yeah, of course. Yes. We will pray that the Lord will move in a car to some way. Yes. So I'm super praise report excited. Yes. That's exciting. No, that's good. That's good. Yes. 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 Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I understand. Yes. Ditto on the relationship. Got it. Yeah, Dolores. We'll pray. We'll pray. I saw another hand somewhere. Yes, John. Mm-hmm. Pray for them. Yes, absolutely. Anyone else? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you hear and answer prayer, Lord. Right now, we just we come for you for provision, Lord. I pray, Father, that those who need provision in finances, Lord, I pray that you would release that in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would release supernatural provision, Lord God, in resource, Lord God, that you would open the windows of heaven, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would grant wisdom to those who need wisdom, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would allow, Lord God, each person to hear your voice clearly, Lord. I pray, Father that you would help us, help us be those who know how to rightly divide the word of truth and discern your will. Lord, I pray, Father, right now for an anointing to reveal your heart in this place. I pray, Father, that you would render healing to those who need healing, deliverance to those who need deliverance, God. Open the eyes of the blind, Lord God, not just physical blindness, God, but illuminate our darkness, our darkened understanding, God, our ignorance of divine things. Lord, right now we just set aside our presumptions. We set aside, Lord God, our religious preference. We set aside our traditions that have made of none effect the word of God in our own life. And I pray, God, that your holy power would bring such an anointing that every heart would be laid open, Lord God, and the seed of the word would go forth. For the day is late and the hour is shortened. Help us, God, to be people of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay. I just, yes. Okay. Praise the Lord. That's right. I, I just want to start with this. This scripture just popped out. It doesn't really have a lot to do with anything, but I've found that the Holy Spirit is a master at taking odd things that I think and just working them back in, and I don't even know. So I just go with whatever he gives me. Psalm 105 and 37 says this. I mean, I just looked this up. He brought out Israel. He brought out Israel. Now, this is speaking. He brought them out from Egypt. Right. So get that scenario framed up in your mind. He brought out Israel. How did he bring out Israel? How? How did he bring? Yes, he brought them out from Egyptian bondage. But oh, you're saying he used the plagues to do it. No, he didn't. How did he bring? What? No, the blood. See, right there, we when, when, there's so, 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 and I know, you know, I know the answers. I'm asking questions. You're like fishing around. I, I understand that. When God brings people out, all of us, 
have been brought out, not by a sign, not by a wonder, not by a word, not by a gift of the Spirit, not by a church, a denomination, any human on the planet. God only delivers by one way, the blood, the blood of covenant, the blood of the covenant of Christ. The blood in that day only typified, it only typified, it was a type of the anti-type. The anti-type was the blood of Jesus. See, and I, the, that's, that's the biblical language for that. Type, every type in the Old Testament has an anti-type. And the anti-type of all types is, for covenant, is Jesus. It's called the anti-type. That's just a little theology 101 for you. It is the other side of it. So we have lots of composites, but composites are not the real thing, are they? They're just an image of the real thing. A composite drawing is to lead us to what is the real thing. So a composite of a criminal would be a person who look a description, but then ultimately it's to bring us to the arrest of the actual criminal, right? That's what a composite is. <clears throat> so he brought out Israel by the blood. We have that in context. Laden. You got a picture of Laden, what Laden looks like? How many know what Laden looks like? He brought out Israel laden. What are they laden with? How many of y'all want to know? Silver and gold. And from their tribes, no one was feeble. Slaves. Under the tyranny of Pharaoh... A type of Satan. Type. Who's the anti-type? Satan. No, see? A, a Pharaoh. we got to get types and anti-types right. Pharaoh's a type of the anti-type. Satan. Pharaoh is a type of the anti-type. Satan. The blood of the lamb is a type of the anti-type. The blood of Jesus. Types and anti-types. That's the whole of the Bible. To read the Bible, you have to have an understanding of that or you just miss the whole message. You read the words and you don't get the story. You don't understand the teaching. And so he brought out Israel laden with silver and gold and from their tribes there was no one was feeble. And Egypt was glad when they left because the dread of them had fallen on them. Can you just imagine with me how Hebrew slaves, Hebrew slaves, who they had to make bricks to build what we see today as the pyramids. And how did they make the bricks? Pharaoh used to provide that. But he heard they wanted to go, so he doubled down and said, go gather your own straw and still make the same quota of bricks. How many of you enjoy being under the Pharaoh system? How many of you feel somewhat like you are under the Pharaoh system sometimes? Let's just be honest. It gets hard. You live a hard life, and then it gets a little harder. That's just the reality. And so we look at this and I say, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. Either the word's true or it's not. That's, that's where it comes down to. But here's the real question. Is the word true for me? Or have I developed all types of teaching in context whereby I can live in the Pharaoh system and put off blessing until heaven and live under the bondage of a taskmaster and never actually escape the bondage when already the bondage has been finished. So the problem is then, is the problem with Pharaoh, Satan, the kingdom of darkness, 
the type is the problem with the covenant. The blood is what brings about the covenant. Where's the problem with those? Any place? Neither one, right? A or B? It's with us. It's with us and two things, I believe. Our understanding and our submission to what we understand, which that is another way of saying faith. See, faith without obedience is no faith at all. It's, it's baloney. I started to say something else. It's baloney. Right? It just is. It's scubula. That's a Greek word for poopy. So if you can say it in Greek, you can say it. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So it has an action. It's faithfulness. Right. Yes. And you see in the New Testament, oftentimes when the word faith is used, the obedience of faith. That's how the New say the obedience of faith. Yes, but they're saying, but the point is that there, there is a your part and, you know, there's, there's a coming together of agreement there. So he brought out Israel laden with silver and gold and from among, among their tribes no one was feeble. So what does that say in layman's terms? What did I just say? They were rich. They were rich. They were wealthy. See, that's hard for us right there, too, to say wealthy because that's so. See, another tradition has been perverted. We have confused piety, meaning holiness, with poverty. We put them together. We've said poverty and piety. Oh, of course. What a lie. What a lie that somehow your piety equals poverty and poverty equals piety. If I were the devil, that's a button I would push all day long. I would, that would be my message all day, every day. Why would it be my message all day, every day? Oh, yeah, I want to make the church poor because God forbid they actually start using their resources for the kingdom better. Better yet, I will constantly make them think that they're poor and they won't give. And then they will, it'll ensure their what? Poverty. I'll make them, I'll convince them they're too poor to give. And then they will be too poor to give. That's it. That's it. It's, that's it. It's a faith. It is a faith. It releases something. It, you, say, you say, well, that's just law, Andrea. You do it your way. And I'll do it mine. And let's compare notes in about five years. But you got to be willing. No one ever wants to compare notes. I mean, I, I, don't, I just want you to understand the redemption of Christ, the blood, the blood. Now, if in the Old Covenant, this is what that scripture is talking about, the Old Covenant. Now, do y'all realize if you were to read the Exodus account that you would find out that anyone who huddled in their house with their males circumcised and applied the blood and ate the lamb, anyone anyone would have been spared. That includes Egypt too. That includes all of them. Now, if you think that God was hard on Pharaoh, just in the natural, let's look back at Joseph. Joseph had a great relationship with Pharaoh. Right? And, the, and when Joseph said, I need to go bury my father, Jacob, what did the Pharaoh say? He, so Joseph said, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go because I need to go bury my father in Shechem, I think is where it's at, in the promised land. What did the Pharaoh say to Joseph? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you need? How about I help you? See the partnership? So now, that's why the word is so specific today to say, but a Pharaoh arose, exalted himself, that did not know Jacob nor regard the God of Jacob. So we have, or Joseph, so we have a Joseph type who came into Egypt and he, as a intercessor, he didn't just save Israel, he saved the world. So however the world chooses to partner with the church, determines how this thing goes down to a lot of respects. Problem is with the church, they're hiding in a corner, raising a white flag, substituting piety for poverty, hoping that the rapture comes and they can escape. Instead of rising up to the day, understanding what the blood has afforded us and acting like a people who are redeemed instead of a people who are ashamed of the truth of God. He delivered them. He didn't just save them from their slave. This is the perfect little scripture. What's afforded in the atonement? So glad you asked. He delivered them. She's going to give me a Kleenex over here because I start snorting. He delivered them with silver and gold. Where, where did they get the silver and gold? Cindy, just ask the Lord for some of the world's resources. I'm just, I'm just telling you, we've got to understand how to move wealth. Now, some of you think, oh, she's on a prosperity kick. I would to God that you were prosperous. It could do nothing but help me. <laughs> You're like, Andrew, you can't say that. Just did. Yeah. I, I mean, I've told this to, I had lunch with a person one time, and I said, and they were talking about giving and things, and they didn't quite have an understanding of, of abundance in the kingdom, and so this is what I said to her. I said, I hope that the Lord pours out a blessing of abundance on me and not you. They went, what? I said, because you don't have a kingdom mindset, and it would be wasted. Yes. So what you're saying is if you had to choose one or the other, the devil would choose poverty. Well, maybe that's true because there's more poor people than there are sick people. I mean, I'm, and no, I'm not, and, and that's, that's a good, could be a good point. You know what I mean? And this is something the Lord's stirring him. I don't even know how to frame this. I've got like three different messages all converging and none of them are coming about in the way I thought. Yes. Go ahead. And you had a devastating situation from the start. I'm telling you.
that now see I when Deborah first started coming to the church she said I want to have a meal meal with you right we went and ate at tamales and she told me her story and she came from a synagogue situation and I'm as like traditional like bible belt you know type we're like chalk and cheese really right you know from our I mean we have a we have common of our Christianity and our faith but our different perspectives were chalk and cheese because we came from two different places I came back home and what did I tell you Mike the real deal the real deal exactly and so I, I, ta- and I just I just met her but I went home and I said, I said, we don't have the same mindset on things. I don't understand as she understands because of where she's been. And maybe she doesn't understand as where I, but, but I said, she's the real deal. And that's because she told me her story. She told me her story of where she came from and how she applied faith and where she's at today. And I said, that's what faith looks like. Just that simple. Just that simple. And that's been years ago. And she's never disappointed me. Yes. Yes. They're Christians. They have completely transformed Waco, Texas. They really have. Two people have totally transformed a city because of their belief in the kingdom. And they began. And, and this is how it works, guys. And I don't know even, see, I don't even have the, just yesterday or Friday. What was, oh, yes, Friday. I felt like the Lord told me that we're fixing to turn a page. I'm feel, and, and, here's, and here's a page. I don't really un, even understand how to, how to articulate it. But this is what I felt. I felt as though that the Lord was going to begin to direct resources. I really felt this. I didn't tell Mike. He probably gets tired of me telling him all the stuff that the Lord tells me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I, because I'm holding out on him. That I felt as though the Lord said he was going to begin to direct resources. Now, some people, and that's wealth. That includes wealth. But, you know, it's Haggai. He said, behold... The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, and I will cause the wealth of the nations to be brought to you. Now, I don't understand how this works because I am not a financial genius. Now, the Lord said resource. That does, there will be people, there will be people who God will give silver and gold. He will. That they're, they're going to be given funding ability. And let me tell you who it's not going to be. It's going to not be people who have not been proven in the area of stewardship. Now, you may not like that. Again, I don't care. I would rather like what the Lord says and get my life wrapped around it than stand over here in stubborn, stiff-necked posture and be sour and left out because the day of mercy is still here. Absolutely. That's it. But the resource also of silver and gold. And that may be where many people are like, oh, I want that one. I'm getting the silver and gold line. You know, the lines. You know what I mean? And there's the silver and gold line. 
And there'll be people who will be standing in that line. But I'm, I'm telling you, the Lord knows that's a gifting. See, there's gifts of giving. And there are people who are, the Lord is already, he's already, the eyes of the Lord have been doing this for years. Years. I feel such an anointing on this. Years have been scanning the whole earth. This is Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 16, 8 maybe? May 1st. I'm terrible with the dresses. Seeing the eyes of the Lord to move to and fro throughout the whole earth, that he may strongly support those his eyes are looking, whose heart is completely his. Then the next rest of that scripture we don't ever quote is he's, he's, he's talk, the prophet is telling Asa, and he says, Asa, you have been foolish in this. Because the king Asa built up his own arsenal, and he did not seek the Lord when the enemy came. He built up weapons of his own manufacture, weapons of the day, weapons of mass destruction for the day. He provided his own security and strength. And then Asa had the opportunity, but he, never, he didn't even repent there. He didn't even repent. You say, well, he couldn't have. Yes, he could have. If Manasseh could repent, the most wicked king in all of history of the nation of Israel. That's what it says. That's, how would you like that to be your moniker? Your epitaph. The most wicked king of all. Number one on the wicked list. And Manasseh repented before he died, and the Lord heard him. Asa, it says, became diseased in his feet. And it says, and he never sought the Lord, even unto death. <laughs> there are going to be people, this is the word the Lord gave to me. He said there's going to be a wealth transference. And in the area of wealth, don't just get hung up on silver and gold. It will be actual silver and gold. But there will also be a wealth transference, I believe, of the gifts of the Spirit. There will be a wealth transference of the anointing. There will be a greater anointing. Anointing is the greatest resource the church has. Anointing, favor. Anywhere there's a move of God throughout the Bible, it is always accompanied with wealth transference. It is. Look at Because the gospel is free, but it ain't cheap. It's... Yes. Now, I will say this. In my life, early on in my spiritual maturity, financial testing was the lowest rung. It's not an advanced test, what I'm saying. It's kindergarten. It's, 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 the, it's rudimentary. If you haven't passed the test of being faithful in your finances... You're still in the playpen. You really are. I mean, I hope this doesn't offend you. No, I do. I hope it does. I hope it cuts you down to, to the place that the Lord, Word of God can get into your heart. And you say, God, I don't want to be here. Because I'm telling you, by the grace of God and the Spirit of God, there is a move of God coming. It started. It started, but it's not in. It's not in its fullness yet. It's like a tsunami. You know what I mean? What does the wave do before it crashes? It recedes. And you start looking at the shore and you're like, 
what the heck's happening to the ocean? And a person of discernment knows how the ocean operates. What do they do? They start getting prepared for what's about to happen. And so there is a wave. And when I say wave, there's a wave of the Spirit of God coming. And the wave of the Spirit of God, it, those who are not prepared, it will not be entirely fun. But people who are prepared will know what they're, they're getting things in line for what is coming. And with any move of God, there's always some, and I told y'all that last week, we're at the place there's a change coming and it's so, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy. I don't watch the news, I don't have Facebook, I don't have these things, so y'all can just fill me in. Is there any hot bucket, hot topic political debates going on right now? Okay, yeah, I guess so. Is there, is there um, a feeling of controversy going on right now? Is there a my narrative against your narrative system being set up? Is there a battle line formed? Okay, so I'm just making a point here. This is that. And if you're, and this is, okay, silver and gold is going to be a resource, resource transference, but also the anointing is going to be. But also there's going to be a resource of the gifts of the, um, the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Now, in our modern church age... How many of you grew up in a denomination that referred to anyone as, a repo- and as an apostle? I just, I'm just re- I want to see your hand. No, they said, you, the church you grew up in, they said, this is Apostle Sanders, Apostle Mike Sanders. That's what they, they I want to see your hand if they did that. I didn't, okay, Elijah did. I knew there'd be some that do. I grew up being taught the apostolic is done. The only thing in your church culture that didn't raise their hands, with Elijah being the exception, because he had the benefit of being raised somewhere but the West. Am I I right, Elijah? So his understanding is crafted not with Western ideals. He's got a little bit more Eastern ideals and values with regard to the Word of God. So... What we have done, if you grew up like I did, you never heard anyone referred to as an apostle. And if they were, you went, what, that heck, what, no? Who they think they are? We don't have that. You also heard people, how many of you heard people referred to as prophet? Oh, absolutely. You, a title, a prophet. You grew up in a church and they said, this one is called prophet Yes. Now that is, now we will throw that term around. Elijah, did you grow up hearing people that were called prophet? Yes, he did. I did not. I was raised that if you heard someone called prophet, you ran from them. It's probably a cult. How many of you grew up in a church or in your church culture, you heard people called pastor? Oh, how many of you heard people that were called an evangelist? How many of you heard people who were called a teacher in the office of they are teacher so and so? Not that they do the not that they do teaching, but they are a seated teacher in the church. I did not. Yes, I didn't actually have. There was no one who said, "Oh, who are you? I'm a teacher here." I didn't have that. Did you have it, Elijah? Yes. Okay. People who are designated, they are a teacher, and they would be under a pastor, under an apostle. You know what I mean? The prophetic would be working in amongst all of it, right? 
Now, how many of you also, you've heard of people referred to as referred to as evangelists? Absolutely. My point is this. In the modern church that you and I grew up in, we only had two classes of the fivefold. Pastor and evangelist. Done. Is that biblical? No. If you do run the stats, the word pastor is used two or three times in the New Testament. Or maybe even twice. Run the stats on it. The word pastor, the word for pastor is only used a couple of times. The word evangelist is used two or three times. Maybe more in evangelist. You know what the greatest two terms are used? Apostle is used the most. And, and prophet is used the next most. In the... So what I'm saying is this. We are going to have to get familiarized again with a biblical model of running the church and of seeing the offices of the fivefold at work. And I believe that some of what's going to be transferred into the body of Christ is going to be not only, <clears throat> there's going to become honor again of the apostolic, of the prophetic, of the evangelist, of the teacher, and of the pastor. And when we do that, because those are the, those are the gifts that Christ gave the church. How many of you want the gifts that Christ gave the church? Christ is the head over the apostle, the apostolic, the prophetic, the teaching, the, the evangelist, and the pastor. And he pours through his headship to those. We see how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. This is Psalm 133. It is like the oil flowing down on the head, on the head, on the head. What is the head? We need the oil. It is the anointing on the head. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, on the head, flowing down the beard. Last time I checked, a man who could grow a beard is a mature man. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you are very mature, <laughs> my Lord. So, <clears throat> but the point, the reference being that it, the anointing on the head brings a maturity flowing down, and it keeps going, the robes, all the way down the, what the, what it's, see, it's a reference to how when we work as a body, so there's in the fullness of the body. I've told you, we got to land unity. And see, this is all part of it. Now, <clears throat> there's going to be a wealth transference of silver and gold, of anointing, of gifts of the Spirit, <clears throat> of, the, of the fivefold ministry. There's going to be a transference of all of these things <clears throat> to the body of Christ. And we're going to have to be prepared to operate in them. They're going to be called people to these offices. They're already appointed. They're already appointed. Now you say, well, what do you do to get ready for this? Well, we have already done some stuff to get ready for it. We have a school here at, y'all just enrolled in. See, there's a whole lot of practical stuff that goes with this. So we're like, we believe in this, and we believe in the calling of people. We believe that people are called to be in these places, and therefore we want to have a place that educates people to step into the roles of whatever assignment that God has given them. And then we believe that God is going to call people, bring them in, they're going to see that, go, I'm called to that. They're going to step into that, and they're going to begin the preparation of actually functioning there. You see what I'm saying? This is how this works. See, you just wanted the Lord. You were excited when I said silver and gold. But that's not the greatest resource in the kingdom. I said, Lord, 
Lord, okay, the Lord spoke this to me. And I was just walking through. This is what I do. I just walk through my house. I'm just speaking in tongues. You know what I mean? I'm just praying. I'm just like, I'm just saying, Lord, Lord, I want to walk in this. What have you got for me? Are you going to transfer wealth to me? And I said, Lord, what? wait a second. Do I get to choose? I had that feeling. And so I got to choose. Now, I don't know if you get to choose or not, to be honest. I don't know. But I thought, oh, I get to choose. And I've seen it. And then I'm like, Lord, is this biblical? And then he began to take me through the word of God. He said, everywhere my spirit moves, there's a wealth transference. He showed me Egypt. He showed me Acts. He showed me when they built the temple. He showed me over and over again, in Josiah, anytime there's a revival, there's a wealth transference. Anytime. I'm like, Lord, this is right. And so I said, Lord, Lord, what line do I want to get in? I really did. And I was like, Lord, it'd be nice to have my house paid off. It'd be nice to be debt free. This is, I mean, this is just my real conversation. I'm just letting you in. I'm a, you know, I can see that benefit. I was walking. I said, Lord, I'm going to have to go to the anointing line. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to say, Lord, increase my anointing. Because when I saw Jesus, he said, came out of the wilderness. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And if you don't understand the economics of the kingdom of God, you're the poorest person I know today. You're poor. I'm sorry. I want, you to re- I want to realize how poor you are, in fact. But your poverty is okay. Because he said, blessed are the poor. Because if I can get you to realize your poverty, blessed are the poor. That's what Jesus is saying there. He's not saying, see, we've taken that scripture and so just destroyed it against the intertextuality of the rest of the word of God. And we said, blessed are the poor. And we said, oh, Jesus wants me to be poor. No, he wants you to be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is when you realize you are bankrupt without him. And that's the step you have to get to when you stand, when you come to that place and you say, oh, God, I am lost and undone. I'm in poverty. And you're just there. It's just that place that when you say that, it's the next words that you utter. Like Mike has told you so many times, God, either save me or kill me, but don't leave me in this place of poverty. And he stepped into the kingdom of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. To preach sight to the blind. Deliverance of the captives. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Today, Jesus, He said... Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Hebrews 4 says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into the rest. If there is a rest that remains for the people of God, and that rest is called capitalized today. Today is that scripture fulfilled in your ears. He was announcing the year of Jubilee. Where the high priest would come out and he'd say, the debts are released. We don't understand what's included in the atonement and our ignorance, our ignorance, our blatant disregard for the word of God has resulted in a blindness that has equated to nothing more than ignorance. I don't want to be ignorant of the things of God, nor of the covenant that he has given us. He has set us free. Surely he has bore our pain 
and our sickness. Accurate translation. He has surely, he has bore our pain and our sickness. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Jesus is the scapegoat. All of the sin of the nation was put on him. And the curse of sin. Can you tell me? What the curse of sin is? If the wages of sin is death, what is a part of the curse of sin? Death is the final ingredient of sin. What's the, what's the intermediate process of death? What? I heard it. Sickness. Sickness is a down payment on death, period. He bore it all. He bore it all. When that priest put, there was none feeble among them. None. They pillaged Egypt without raising a sword. How did it happen? The Egyptians were like, oh gosh, take it, take it, take it, take it all, take it all. Just take it. What do you got? What? Take it, take it, take it, take it. What else do I've got? I don't know. I've got some, I've, I got some, take it, take it. Loaded them down. I can't carry them late. I can't take, wait, wait. Take it, take it, take it, take it all. Like, I got some tapestry. Take it. Take it. Where did they get all of this stuff to build the tabernacle? It had an the wealth already had a freaking assignment on it. See, the Lord gives you wealth. He's tested you for years. It's mine. There ain't nothing about your life that's yours. And he's not a tyrant. He wants to bless you. Give it an assignment that he has already given it. There was none feeble among them. Do you know the percentage of the church that ties? How many of you'd like to give me that statistic right now? Pop it up. What? There you go. Three. Evangelical congregation. I'm just telling you. And see, and I know people hear that and they can sometimes take that and go, oh, that's more that prosperity stuff. And, but the principle that he's saying behind it. And he's practicing a principle. He's just practicing a principle of saying, God, everything I have has an assignment. Everything I have has an assignment. Everything I have has an assignment. I mean, I have lived this stuff, guys. I have lived it. I've lived it. I know you have too. I've lived it. I've lived it. I will, no kidding, guys. Just in the, money is nothing. It really is nothing. It is nothing. It is nothing. Nothing, nothing. nothing. Wisdom is much better than money. I mean, the Lord had a, we, our car on our Hyundai, the engine blew up. We were gone to Hawaii, and then Jacob was driving. The first day, he calls us, you know, it's 3 in the morning there, and it's not here. And he was like, well, you know, you're waking up, and you're thinking the world's, you know, your kid's dead. You know, that call at 3 in the morning, you're freaking out. Dad, I'm okay, but something happened to the car. I mean, the first day, we're gone. I mean, staying with Laney, he parks the car, we take it to Jerry's, you know. We didn't check the recall on it. It's the engine is blown. We have to get a new engine. We get it used. Well, you know, the whole story. Gosh, you know, it's a hassle, right? But we're like, Lord, it's just the whole thing. Well, I'm like, Lord, I believe you're going to take care of it. You're going to take care of it. Whatever, you know. Just, I'm in Hawaii. 
Yeah, I'm just, and he's like, yeah, you sure can. Just be in Hawaii. So I was just in Hawaii. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so I'm like, cool. And we just get back, and we pay for the engine and everything. And then we find out, um, somehow, we found out there was a recall on the engine. So we contact Hyundai. They pay us everything back for the engine. Well, I get this. It's like $7,000. You know what I mean? They paid us for the full amount for the engine and the work and all that. So I'm holding that money. And I lived on Leatherwood at the time. Y'all know if, if you know where I was at. I, we had the pool and we had a, you know, and it's like I lived over there and I, I hated my fence and I'd already taken care of it. I'm a freak about my house. I am. I'm my landscape and my, my fence, I'd already painted it and I was like, and I was walking out there and I'd already asked the Lord for a new fence many, many times. We'd already had a conversation about the fence. I wanted a new fence. It's $5,000 for a fence. So I already can, you know, with Mike, I said, me and Mike, we can vent, you know, because he can't hardly withstand me after a while. <laughs> we're getting a fence. Okay, we're getting a fence. It's got to be an eight-foot fence because we have a pool, you know. So, and I'm standing out there, and I'm like, I'm just picturing my new fence. I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And the Lord said, I don't want you to get a new fence. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you don't want me to get a new fence? This is, I'm just having a conversation with the Lord. He said, I want you. We owed some on the Hyundai still at that time. He said, I want you to pay off the car. I went, okay. You called the show. Because I know him. I know he's good. See, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him because whatever he says is going to be for my good, even when I don't understand his good. So I walked in the house right then. I said, hey, Mike, the Lord just spoke to me. He's always happy to listen to me when I say something that agrees with him. I said, the Lord just spoke to me, and we're not supposed to get a fence. We need to pay off the car. He went, oh, good, thank God. <laughs> he always says that, Lord, you're going to have to tell her. <laughs> and so we paid off the car. And then it wasn't, it wasn't two weeks later we bought the new house. We didn't need the fence. It would have been a waste. It would have been total waste of money to do any of those things. But the Lord's like, I got something else for you. See, we can frustrate things. But I just tell you that to say this. You need to learn how to listen to the Lord with regard to your money. And the, you know what? The, the place he tests you most is with your money. How many of you disagree with me? If you want to argue right now, be the time to raise your hand and let's get it on, chicken bone. I thought you wanted to argue. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Then I won't have a wet, wet, a wet, wet dress. Yeah. So we have that. I'm just telling you, among their tribes, no one faltered. Not only did they receive a transference of wealth, what else did they receive? A transference of health. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of course. Absolutely. So there is that. There's, there's that too. And it's, it's not, but see, here's the good thing about God. He gave both. He gave both. It's all, it's all in the covenant. Because it, when that priest put the hands on the scapegoat, he professed, he pressed the sin. He pressed it all. All the sins, death, disease, poverty. How many of y'all think that poverty is a part of the sin curse? How, you don't think it's piety? You don't think it's holiness? It's all on that scapegoat. And where did the scapegoat go? Out. And where was Christ crucified? Outside the city. That scapegoat ran for like 1,500 years. All those scapegoats every year were just running figuratively. Not really. You know what I mean? And then finally, they came to their goal. Remember we did the goal last week? Those, all those scapegoats from the time that the Day of Atonement, it's called the Day of Atonement, from the time it was, it was put into in action, because we're supposed to get the story. And we still didn't get the story. That all in the atonement... All of our sins, sickness, and disease. How many people did Jesus heal who asked for healing? Did he ever say, oh, it's not my will, sorry. Not once. Not once. 
Because it's in the atonement. Oh, you're like, why are people still sick, Andrew? Because they don't know. Because they don't honor the atonement. They don't honor the gifting. They don't honor all these things. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, Elijah's not here to say this. But where he grew up, in this church, there is not one more honoring person of leadership than Elijah Adeaju. I'm not saying that you're not, it's not a competition. You know what I'm saying? Because his mindset is framed that way. He's framed that way. I mean, he is the most honoring person I have ever met in my life. You know why? He's African. It's his culture runs through with that honor. And see, we have not even learned to honor one another. It is just a revelation of our lack of honor for God. If you cannot honor or love man who you can see, how can you love or honor the Lord whom you can see? Your honor in your relationships is a reflection of your heart toward God. I didn't write it. I'm just quoting it. So I say this today. In the atonement is everything we need. But our confessions... I'm going to get there and then we're going to leave. Our confessions do not align with what the atonement provides. Number one, ignorance. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. On the other hand, Daniel said, They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The lack in the one is attributed to the abundance in the other. <clears throat> we have to know <clears throat> the word of God in order to know the God of the word. And we cannot confess that which we have, are ignorant of. You can't. You will never confess, or you will confess it because you heard somebody else say it, and you just do it like parroting it, but it has no real revelation to you, and then it doesn't work, and you're like, that didn't work, because it's all started in the garden of ignorance. Like Andrew Quick saying, I'm ignorant. One more time. You're, that's ignorant. It is. It's not that you're stupid, or me. It's not that we're stupid. And we can't learn. It's that we've never actually learned. We have allowed the prince of this world to blind us through the lens of religious performance. Which is Satan. And we've, we've allowed this to happen. And we said, Lord, but there's, I'm telling you, our confession has to align with the word. Not with your church mottos. I hope your church is on the word. But you need to check it. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I stand up here today. I'm in the Assemblies of God, and we don't call people apostles. I see that as a problem. Are you going to quit them? No. I'm going to say what the Word says. And if they want to take my papers, they can. I bet they won't. You see what I'm saying? I fight them. That's right. Guys, I want us to be the most blessed people in the world. And I say all of this to say, there is a move of God coming. And it's time to get the lens of the Word of God over your life. And to allow the Lord to begin to bring forth all that Christ's sacrifice provided and make that your confession unto your possession. Because you believe it, because you know it, because you understand it, and because you live it. And anywhere that there's disobedience in your life, I just ask you by the mercy of God, get it under the blood and get aligned because that's the best place to be. His mercies are new every morning. You're not so screwed up that he can't correct you. You're, and me too, and me too, come on. And I say that out of love, 
because I want you to be as blessed as he wants you to be. And I know that he is going to bless those. And I know that he's going to move. But I'm going to honestly tell you this. I hope that God transfers his wealth to those who are the most. And when I say wealth, I'm just here, everything. To those who are going to utilize it for his kingdom. I mean, I'm asking, Lord, Elon Musk has got a lot of money. I'll take his. No, <laughs> right? No, I'm just kidding. You know, I mean, there's places of assignment. I don't know how the Lord is going to transfer. I don't know. I really don't understand all that. Yes. Yeah, and what do you mean by abandoning our own possessions is our ownership of it, right?